Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy Notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals, just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Vernoy, and this is the podcast for therapists where we talk about the things that affect our practices, our roles in the profession, the ways that we interact with clients and the systems around us. And today we are looking at, you know, new school year starting. We're Maybe talking a little bit about you know, grad school, things that should be in it, shouldn't be in it. And we're coming back to that question that we see debated a lot, put in a lot of marketing materials, even some of our own marketing materials. As Lots far of as, our marketing materials. <laughs> should business be taught in graduate school or iterations of that, things that you weren't taught in graduate school? And we are up for debate on. Should business actually be taught in grad school? So I hear this a lot, especially from those in private practice. But Katie, wondering what your thoughts are to start this episode. I have a lot of mixed feelings about it. I think that there are reasons to have adequate training for what the job is actually going to look like. And there's also a lot of stuff that we already have to do in our on our typical grad school programs. So I'm I'm curious to jump into the debate because I know you feel a bit strongly about this, whereas I'm feeling a little bit more ambivalent and kind of in this neutral territory. I think that there are a lot of folks who would be better off now if they came into their postgraduate career with more business acumen. And I don't know that I really think it should be required teaching in grad school but I think it should be available. Way to hedge your bets on just about every direction, <laughs> just from the start of this. I already have said I'm ambivalent here. I've, I've got I've got mixed feelings. Yeah, um, I, I'm hearing that more as like I'm gonna I'm gonna take this and wherever I go, I'm gonna just make sure that I'm on the right side. So mm, I see. I have I do have strong feelings about this and my okay. feelings have changed across the course of my career and the roles that I've played in a number of different systems, whether it's being on the therapist association board, whether it's doing advocacy, whether it's being a professor and the more experience that I have in looking at this from a number of different angles, the more that I am becoming convinced that business should not be taught in grad school. And my reasoning for this starts with, over the course of the last several decades, more and more coursework has been added to graduate programs, making 
the programs take longer to get through, making them more expensive, making it to where getting into the workforce already has enough systemic barriers. And that's just about what happens in the room with clients. I think that adding more coursework that does not specifically help us directly work with our clients ends up furthering that problem that makes it to where, all right, I'm looking at, I need to take out, you know, several thousands, tens of, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars to get through school. And if there's more classes that are required about stuff that happens much later in our practice, it's just making it more of a problem of getting enough therapists out there to actually help the demand that we're currently seeing in our workforce. I see the financial barrier, and I think that making these types of courses or resources available as a benefit makes a lot of sense, whether it's a career center that teaches you not only how to run a business, but also how to get a job, how to set up your resume. I mean, I think there's counseling programs that that include career counseling, and so they get that as part of their coursework for other folks. But I think to me, if grad schools don't have that resource available, I think it's irresponsible. And I think as as I'm saying this out loud, I think I don't I don't want it to be a required course for graduation. I don't want it to be a required course for licensure. And yet when something isn't regulated, then people don't do it unless there's some other incentive to do so. And and I think honestly, I don't know that the grad schools would set folks up for success in this way unless they were required to. And all of the programs that I've taught in have had a career center services. It's a resource that's given to students. And I think in all practicalities, my experience, approximately 0% of students have taken advantage of those resources. And so, you know, there's a lot of the chatter that we hear, you know, to us as podcast hosts of what we see in different online groups that says, this should have been taught. These resources should have been there. And more likely than not, those resources were there. It's just that the, the workload that it takes to be a grad student and to be going through practicum and everything else fills up so many hours during the week that it takes a really strong initiative or really strong go get idea to have the desire to start and pursue this kind of an extra education point at that point in your career. Because a lot of what I hear from therapists, and this is typically private practice therapists, is I didn't get taught how to run a business, that that's part of what I I should have been taught, you know, here's how to file quarterly taxes. And I should have known how to, you know, file for this kind of thing, or here's how to trademark protect my ideas or any of this kind of stuff that, let's face it, those are independent practitioner sorts of problems. And for a lot of grad students, before they're even registered as uh, pre-licensees in most states, that this is several career steps ahead of it. And, and the timing of it just isn't right. Like, yeah, these are ideas that can be introduced, but the practicalities of it, in my experience, just aren't developmentally where a lot of grad students are. I think in retrospect, yeah, a lot of these complaints of like, I wish that I had these skills to run a business or know how to do these things. Yeah, these are things to 
take a particular career path, but I don't think that doing it at a developmental time when people aren't capable for it or aren't ready for it or legally not allowed to put those things in place, it just ends up being so far off that it, it's not a practical sort of training thing. It's maybe like teaching middle schoolers how to drive. Like, yeah, more experience <laughs> of being able to, you know, be familiar with a car is helpful. But if you're not legally allowed to drive for another four or five, six years, it's maybe a little bit too early to put some of this stuff in. I think it's actually more like te teaching middle schoolers how to ride a bike on a public street. I think to me, I think that they there are so many pieces of this that I'm going to call you out because you're saying in a previous episode, we'll link to it, that when someone graduates from grad school, they should go into a group practice. If they don't have an idea of what a successful business looks like, they're not going to choose a, a supervisor or a group, a group practice that actually has these strong business practices in place. And so you're basically saying, hey, middle schooler, I'm not going to teach you how to ride a bike on public streets. I'm not going to teach you how to cross the street, but get in a car as soon as you graduate. <laughs> No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that teaching somebody how to run a business and teaching somebody how to operate within a business are are two different things. One you're pointing out is, yeah, career development sort of things. How how do I fit into responding to a supervisor and how do I communicate about cases and how I'm working? Those things are already taught in practicum classes. That experience is already coming up as far as practicum issues. When I've taught the practicum classes, a lot of discussions at some point or another in the semester talk about, I am I have this idea of how this thing is and my supervisor disagrees with it, or the regulatory body that is funding therapy for these clients has a problem with the way that I see it, that that's teaching assertive communication skills within a business. I'm talking about the okay, here's how I develop this sort of thing to run my own business in this episode. It's way <laughs> too early to be teaching somebody how to run and operate a business if that is not available to them until post-licensure. All right, I'll, I'll give you a, a portion of that. I, I think to me, when people are completely unaware and having interviewed hundreds of folks right out of grad school, they were not taught assertive communication skills well. They certainly didn't know how to interview, and they really didn't have a sense of how to actually function within a business. I was teaching that to them along the way. And granted, that was fine. If somebody can can kind of get themselves through an interview and get into a workplace that has that kind of mentorship and guidance, they will get it. But if they don't have it at all, which I, there were folks that just did not have any of it at all, you know, they were strong clinically potentially, but they just didn't have those skill sets on how do I fit within a business or how do I even think about this as a business. I mean, I certainly would have loved a lot of my clinicians to have recognized that productivity equals money because there was so many arguments about why things were set up improperly. They didn't feel like it was too hard. There was just no sense of how do I actually function within this business? What does all of this mean? 
that I, I really don't think that there is a sufficient business mindset that's taught within grad school. Thrizer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thrizer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate up front. From the client's perspective, Thrizer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thrizer manages the claims end-to-end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thrizer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thrizer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Outside of business graduate programs, do you know of any other graduate programs that teach people at the graduate level these skills that you're talking about? You know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, physicists like are they is, is there a portion of their their work that is you know all right here's here's your elective class of like how you fit into physics engineering corporation you know llc or whatever it is like i think that this is a universal sort of people skills sort of thing and really the purpose of grad school is teach people how to be clinicians these other people skills of how they fit within systems falls more within industrial organizational psychology rather than the clinical psychology programs. I I see that. And I, I think we're in agreement that it should not be a required class. I think it needs to be a better resource, a resource that's actually accessible and a resource that's actually strong. I mean, you were talking about this ahead of time and I had this experience as well. I mean, career centers are available and people don't use them because they're outdated. There are people that are kind of separate from this profession or separated from, you know, kind of the the hands-on clinical work that we all do once we're actually kind of out in the world practicing. I mean, I would go to some of these programs and and do a small talk for an hour to three hours, whatever it was. I would talk with them about how to get a job at a community mental health organization or even at a group private practice. And they would reach out to me for paid support. And some of them I would say like, hey, I can help you, but have you tried your career center? You know, I think people were were not getting the adequate resources. And I don't know what the solution is. Certainly not a required class because there are folks that come in and this is their second career. They've run a business. They already have those skill sets or they've they've been a manager and they know how to write a resume and, and, and do an interview. But I think to me, not having adequate resources that folks will actually access, I think is a shortcoming of most programs. My experience as an educator is unless something's required, the vast majority of students are not going to do it. But so it's not worth the money to, to actually have a good resource for the for the students who would access it. I don't run universities at the level of <laughs> you know, the extra support sort of things. But what I can say from my experience being an educator is that 
if something is not required, 99.9% of students don't do it. If there is a suggested text, you know, a free online resource, here's an extra journal article. Some students might read it, they might make reference to it, but the vast majority of students are so overwhelmed with work, are so overwhelmed with the steep step into the extra coursework, the you know, move from undergraduate classes where a lot of what class lectures are going to be is overlapping what the reading material is for the student and making that deeper, where the step into graduate school is you're expected to do the reading and the lecture adds to what the reading is. So there is a, an extra requirement as far as the time investment to work. And then especially once people are figuring out, like, how how do I go and sit in a room? Now that I've got a semester or two semesters of, like, mm -hmm. learning theory and that kind of stuff, now I'm sitting in front of clients and, like, I have forgotten two years of education because <laughs> I am just so overwhelmed with being, like, there. there is just a developmental presence that making things optional is from a, a systemic standpoint from a lot of educational institutions. I'm imagining like, yeah, those resources are there and they're not utilized very well. And the investment into them because of the use of them is probably lackluster because not many people are there. So the only way that I can see this from kind of a systemic standpoint is you could make an optional class and some people might take it. But once again, it's still so far away from being practically able to be applied that it's just kind of like these are advanced things that you're going to have to learn at a different point in your life because we're trying to get you graduated. So that way you can go out and do the job. You getting the job, that's probably a, another skill set that you're going to have to build on. I think for me, the reason I... I'm not completely on board with it being absolutely not involved in grad school is because if I spend the money to get this license, if I am unemployable or if I'm un unable to be successful in what the job actually is, which includes either being an employee or being a business owner, it is something where to me, if, if, if I am unemployable, that is a whole bunch of money wasted. Yes, agreed. And so figuring out how to make someone un someone employable and or able to run a business feels like it's part of the job of grad schools. I can't speak to what other professions do, but to me, I mean there's there's opportunity I guess through practicum through a lot of things, but it it feels like there's a kind of this is up to you that a lot of folks, I mean, some people aren't even given assistance in getting practicums. It's kind of like, come in, give us your money, and we will teach you how to be a therapist, we guess, but otherwise you're on your own, and we don't care if you ever get a job. And that's where spaces like award-winning podcasts end up filling the role. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's funny that you keep saying we're award-winning. <laughs> but... I think that <laughs> this is where uh, there's not a lot, a lot of times where I get Katie to actually do a spit take. <laughs> uh, but I think that this is the space where 
there are lots of people who recognize that this is a systemic issue, but I don't think that there's a lot of people who understand why this systemic issue is there. And I'm going to point towards the accreditation bodies of these graduate programs and the requirements that these programs have to meet in order to keep these accreditations. The accreditations that I'm aware of, so I'm going to talk about COAMFD here a little bit, but the things that they're concerned about is graduation rates and number of students that move into the first professional level of licensure, which is getting registered as a pre-licensed therapist. That's okay. that's what COAMFTE lays out for grad programs as some of some of their reporting requirements. And for there are plenty of people who are way more familiar on this than I am. Uh, but that puts the pressure on the programs to get people graduated and get people registered. Yes, which has nothing to do with someone getting a job. Exactly. And so what ends up happening as far as these discussions of should business be put into this is that is outside the scope of what these accreditation bodies are requiring these programs to do. And there are plenty of extra classes that continue to get added into uh, especially master's programs at this point. You know, when uh, one of our favorite books, we haven't referenced this book in a while, but <laughs> You know, hi Ben. Hi Ben. <laughs> uh, saving. Wait, we actually have to save the say the the title. Of the yeah, book. saving <laughs> saving like saving psychotherapy uh, is by Doctor Ben Caldwell, by friend of the show, Doctor Ben Caldwell. Did a lot of the research that you know back in the eighties, at least in California and probably most of the rest of the country, master's programs were about thirty or so credits. When you and I went in the late 90s, early 2000s, I think our programs were about 45 semester units. Now they're creeping up into mid-60s and 70s numbers of credits. Oh, and, my gosh. And this is despite all evidence that they don't actually make better clinicians upon graduation. And so we're getting this education creep and all of these wonderful ideas of, oh, this thing needs to be added into grad school. And there have been enough legislatures and licensing bodies that have agreed like, okay, yeah, we need to add this requirement in because this does seem to be an emerging or missing piece of curriculum that still isn't making the clinical work that we do any better. And so to add this out into kind of career development sort of things with a student population that has repeatedly shown time and time again, we're getting more overwhelmed. We're getting more confused. It's taking longer to get through school. 30 units is like a year and a half, 18 months of classes. Now programs are at two and a half, three years to get a master's degree. You know, when I was growing up, the idea was that a doctoral program would take four years. Our master's programs are now taking nearly as long to get through as doctoral programs are. And so this is just kind of from a systemic end of things. One of the things that, yeah, it's unfortunate that some people who want to go in and run their businesses are going to have to get that particular piece of education outside of the grad program. Because let's face it, there are a lot of people who go and work in agencies that don't need to know how to, you know, file here's my quarterly taxes because, you know, I'm a self-employed employee. 
I mean, the argument is not that it wouldn't be worthwhile in this last argument. It's that there already is too much. And, and to me, I think that's, that's limited. I, I think it's practical. It's real. And I, I agree with you. I don't think we should add to an already huge, bloated uh, curriculum. And yet, to me, this the solution of, well, then we just leave people on their own and they have to get it elsewhere, that's still a cost. It's still I mean, it's still, it's, still, to- it's still a cost for tuition. I mean, it's sure. Why, why not let students pay that money out of their pocket at the right developmental time in their life? Sure. But you're saying basically don't do it because there's already too much. And, and so it's like because it's already messed up, we shouldn't add to it, even if it's worthy. I don't think that it's worthy enough at that point in somebody's career that as a student, it's not the right time for it. Okay. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. I guess the other question I have is what actually would it look like were business actually taught in grad school? So I used to teach a class called Careers in Advocacy. And part of my role in this class was attempting to teach graduate students some of the business stuff that they may run into in their careers. And I would invite very wonderful speakers like Katie Vernoy and Dr. Ben Caldwell <laughs> to come and speak to my class about getting jobs and and about being able to, you know, Start within the career and all this practice sort of stuff. And what I found from these students is this doesn't help me with my clients. Yeah, I know that there's career center services. I have a resume already, but I don't know what I don't know yet. And for me to start forming this idea, I don't really have the ability to see why I need to problem solve for problems that I haven't run into yet. And so from my experience and very practical experience from a class that was designed and tried to implement this over the course of multiple years, this isn't like a, I did it once and gave up sort of thing, (laughs) but realistically what most people were concerned about was how am I going to graduate? How am I going to get my hours and kind of vaguely deal with my graduate student loans? And while there is a indirect line of like, well, you go and work and then that money that you earn from that work goes and pays for your graduate loans. There's just so much emphasis on, okay, you've been in practicum and you're working for free that there's just kind of this idea of like, okay, here's the way that things should be, but didn't really have the grasp of like, okay, here's what I'm actually facing. And that's something that in workforce development sort of things. You can teach people about some of these, you know, theories and about some of these ideas of what it takes to get them practically in, but that's a seminar, not a course. Because putting that out in a course with people who can't actually start having the practical do experience of it. And that's where learning really happens is being able to do it. 
uh, is just it, it's at the wrong point in therapist development. So the thing that that struck me when you were talking is that you also have all of the experience and and very current experience running a practice and you were teaching this class. I spoke for your class, but I also spoke for a lot of other classes for folks who were more administrators within the school system, basically. And I had folks lined up for hours after the class asking me questions. Why aren't we taught this? This is so important. And I think the thing that the difference is that if it's not integrated at all into the into any of the curriculums, and this was a career class too, I don't think it was the same exact one, but it was something where they were learning about career and they were asking so many questions about what are my options? What kind of job should I get now? What are the things I can do? What does a private practice look like? There was even just a, a seminar on career options. And so folks know what they're actually getting into versus this idea of, I want to help people and I want to become a therapist. It's like, when you teach folks this stuff at the end of their grad school program, they're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this is what I was signing up for. And I think that's problematic too. I think being able to have some, maybe it's an entry-level course or not even entry-level course. I, I agree. I don't think it needs to be a whole class, but a seminar or something, a day, two hours, whatever it is to really talk through what the job looks like, I think is important. I think people sure. need to opt in and they think they need to know what's going to be expected of them. I, I had folks sitting after grad school, they were sitting, they were pre-licensed, but they, and they were accruing the hours, but I had people sitting in a supervision class ask or supervision group meeting asking me about private practice because they were dreaming of when they could leave the agency. And as I told them, I literally had someone say, that sounds like a business. And I'm like, it is. They had no idea. And so I think even some sort of orientation on on what this actually is. And I think you could do a you could do a full day seminar and probably teach the basics. I think you could do a couple hours and, and have an overview. But I think there's there's not really a push, it seems like to me, in a lot of programs because they get into the ivory tower mentality of this is how you become a good clinician, not recognizing that if you can't be a good employee or you can't run a business, that you can't be present for your clients anyway. And so to me, I, I think just saying, well, it shouldn't be taught in grad school, I think is obviously very provocative and that'll be the title of our episode. But I think it's something where being able to have something that gives folks a better idea and, and really giving them the opportunity to dig in and understand what this job actually looks like, I think is important. Part of what I'm hearing is the question is, why isn't this taught in grad school? Yes. And I've explained that in this episode. And you're still yes. making a very compassionate, like, but it should be. No, I've, I've answered why it's not. <laughs> and I think that that's, that's a very big piece of where our our education is and where a lot of the conversation is in our field is that we don't like the answer to why it's not. And there are plenty of good educational accreditation sort of answers for why it's not. And there are plenty of really poor explanations for why extra classes on being a good clinician don't pay off. But at the heart of this is 
a lot of people enter into this field with that ivory tower mentality of I'm going to help somebody or I want to run a practice someday and they don't know what they don't know. And I think that if a lot more people read saving psychotherapy before they applied <laughs> to graduate schools, they would go in with a better appreciation and a better understanding of, okay, parts of the system are really messed up. And the goal should be to get through graduate school as quickly and cheaply as possible in a decent enough school because most of our education and most of what makes us good practitioners and understanding how the business interplays with our clients and how fees impact some people or how to talk with parents when you're working individually with their kids are skills that you just don't really learn until you're actually faced with them. And so there's a lot of well-intentioned, yeah, these things should be taught, but the bloated aspects of where higher education creep and graduate education creep goes, this is something where, all right, you're going to face this developmentally later. You know, if we're going to lay out, you know, Piaget's or Erickson stages, like you can talk to, you know, hey, 18-year-old, here's a mid-career developmental thing that you're going to consider. And they're going to go, okay, I understand practically that that's what a 35-year-old is going to face when, you know, they're stuck in... 12 years of a job because, you know, they has good health insurance, but the commute's an hour and a half each way. And they've got two kids that they never see. Like, these are things where it's like conceptually, yeah, I can learn about what that's like. But until I'm kind of faced with that, that's when it's like, oh, this is this is me facing this decision at this point. I will I will concur that the traditional grad school programs should not have business in them. I think that there should be an awareness. I think there probably should be more professors like you who have a practical awareness of what the job is. And so that can be infused within it. But to me, I'm not ready to let the grad schools off the hook for their responsibility to students. I feel like they are responsible to students to act adequately prepare them for the job. And, and to me, maybe that's short-sighted. And, and it certainly is something where should we be taught this in grad school is very broad. And you're going to a very concrete definition of should this be taught in grad school versus more of a philosophical, what is the responsibility that grad schools have to students on, on their employability, on their ability to have a sustainable career. And for me, I... Maybe this is, again, my ambivalence, and you know we can talk further on this in another episode as we're running out of time, but I think there's this element of saying, well, let's just deal with the system as it is and get through it versus how do we actually make these programs better? And to me, I, I, I don't think it's a, a, it's a battleground that, that we're prepared to go on as far as all of these additional courses and these bloated curriculums, but to me... There is a responsibility that grad schools, especially ones that charge so much that people are in huge amounts of debt, that they then can't actually pay off because they can't, they don't have the skills to do the job to get paid for it. And so I don't know the answer. And I certainly don't feel like we need to add a required course, which is a very concrete understanding about grad schools teaching business. But I think there is a responsibility they're falling down on. And I think from a licensing board sort of viewpoint, from an accrediting body sort of viewpoint is 
they are teaching people the tasks to do a job. They are not teaching necessarily, nor feel the need that people need to be taught the career aspects of it. And I agree, making some of these things available as an extra thing is what separates good supportive programs from those that don't offer it. But really, in dealing with this as a particular systemic issue, you and I both know that legislative and licensing body sort of things are slow to move, and educational systems are even slower to move than that. And so, you know, this is kind of that practicality of like, what it should be is a philosophical debate. But in the meantime, the advice is get through what you need to get through and deal with the things that you need to deal with at the times that you need to deal with them. And find a grad program that has good career services and keep in touch with their alums. I think there are, I think to your point, I think if, if, grad programs actually had some of these seminars available to alums at reasonable cost, there's there's a, a real likelihood if they were good programs that they might be able to hit at the developmental stage and have a and and hold to this responsibility a bit better to make sure that they're actually helping their alums to sustain careers. We would love to hear your thoughts on how all of this fits in. You can follow us on our social media. You can uh, become a patron and get some extra cool things, but you can also find our show notes over at mtsgpodcast.com. And until next time, I'm Kurt Woodhelm with Katie Renoy. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code modern gets you two free months. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes.